vacuuming, doing the shopping, remembering to bring in the washing, all the things that make up unpaid household labour. How do you split those jobs at home and are you happy with the splits? Research shows women still do the bulk of the housework and caregiving in most heterosexual couples, which can lead to burnout, health problems and financial stress. When new research from Massey University reveals same-sex couples divide household chores more fairly than heterosexual couples. They've got some tips about what works best. Massey University Labour sociologist Alice Breben looked into this alongside co-author Glenda Roberts. Hi there, Alice. Kia ora. Hi, Jesse. Thanks for your time today. Um, tell me about this research. Yeah, we actually got into this during COVID because we saw research coming out that looked at how, you know, with everyone working at home and things were being shaken up, how couples were dealing with it. And there was quite a bit coming out about heterosexual couples. It wasn't good, I'm afraid. It's still There's still a big gender gap uh, when it comes to both, you know, housework and care work and kind of the mental load at home. But there was nothing being done um, looking at same-sex couples. So we did some research. We looked... Um, at you know doing in-depth interviews, so we know from surveys that same-sex couples tend to have more equitable um, load of unpaid labour, uh, but we don't really know how they do it. So we did interviews where we interviewed the couple together, and then each partner by themselves, and we got them to do a time-use survey of you know who does what and how long they spend, and then talked about what worked, and we came up with sort of three um, big lessons, really, that we think can apply to all relationships. Great. Looking forward to hearing them. Um, Were you surprised by the results you saw, by the way? Um, I was. I... I did. I mean, I knew from other countries, this is the first time this has been done in in Aotearoa, but I did know from other countries that they have found same-sex couples tend to have a more uh, equal division of of labour. I didn't expect to uh, find that during COVID, they basically weathered the storm better than heterosexual couples. So it's not just that... Um, you know, they're more likely to to both work part-time, for example, so then it's easier to, to share, but also that they were kind of more flexible. And so when it came to, to this, you know, sudden shift with people working from home, kids at home, they were more able to adapt. So what did you learn from them? So the sort of three big things. The first one is... Um, to keep changing things up. So we found that the couples that, you know, were really equitable and felt good and satisfied with how they divided labour at home, that they tended to keep things flexible both in the short term and the long term. So in the short term, that means, you know, say you're going to go and pick up the kids from swimming in the afternoon and then you have a lot on at work, the other partner will step in. And they're able to do that because they didn't specialise too much in any one task. You know, it's really easy in a relationship to kind of just fall into these patterns um, of, you know, I, I always do the taxes and my husband never does them and that's just what we do. But um, the couples that really had it together, they made sure they didn't do that. And they said, for one thing, that allows them to be flexible, but it also means, you know, if something happened to one person, um, that the other person is able to be independent. So it kind of avoids dependence and rigidity. So they sort of consciously practice task sharing. 
Anything else? Yeah, so uh, the second thing is um, communication. And here the key was to have regular check-ins. So, um, you know, it's it's easy again to um, not talk about things. And, and research suggests that often we're not fully happy with how things are, but we just kind of deal with it. It's just the way things are. Or maybe, you know, we have a sort of simmering resentment um, or if we're the partner that doesn't pull their weight, we might feel a bit ashamed, but maybe we don't really know how to step in. And that can kind of simmer along. Um, and then occasionally you might have a big blow up, you know, and something like you didn't load the dishwasher properly can turn into you never do anything <laughs> yeah. properly. Um, so the couples that were really successful, they had regular check-in. So they basically made time to sit down, have a coffee once a week and just talk about how are we feeling at the moment about things? Does anything need to be changed? Maybe something's changed with the kids or someone's job or, you know, caring for family members where they need to kind of um, renegotiate. And so it was really candid conversations, but doing it often. And um, I've got a bit of an exercise here for people because one of the things that we did in the research was we got people to do a time use survey and we actually found that doing it is a really useful tool to just have some conversations with your partner. So if, if people want to try it, a very simple way of doing it is just to you know, on a on a piece of paper, do a couple of columns, and in the left-hand column, put down all the sort of home tasks. So there's kind of three big categories. There's the, the physical labour stuff, so that's kind of, you know, doing the cooking, the shopping, the washing, etc. Then there's the care labour, so caring for the kids and the pets and maybe other family members. Um, and then there's the kind of cognitive labor or, you know, the mental load. And that's the sort of the planning stuff, you know, who's actually buying the Christmas presents, um, who, thinking about what we're going to have for dinner next week, all of that stuff. And so writing those all down and then just having a think for yourself, do a stock take. Over the last week, how many minutes did you spend on each of those tasks? Do you think, you know, it's a bit rough, but just have a bit of a stock take. And then how many minutes do you think your partner spent on each of those tasks? And then, you know, your partner does the same thing by themselves and then just come together and have a chat about it. And what we find is that sometimes people just aren't really, they don't see everything that their partner's doing. And it can be a really useful way to kind of just check in with each other and say, huh, actually, I do need to pull my weight a bit more here. Um, so, yeah, if people want to try that, super simple way to just start a conversation. Yeah, Um a question on the text, perhaps not an unreasonable question. Did you include how many hours paid work the other person did? Yes, yes, absolutely. And we had a real um, diversity of paid work. Um, and so that's why it's important to note that it wasn't, you know, it's not about being 50-50 at home in mm. terms of the hours because that's why I say equitable rather than equal. I think a lot of the couples where, you know, we had some couples where, where one person was in a really stressful um, job, they, you know, working 50 hours plus a week, and the other partner was at home with the kids. And then they felt that it was equitable at that time in their lives for, for the one at, um, that was at home to be doing a lot more of the unpaid labour. But um, what was 
important was that they were checking in and they both felt that it was fair. They both they both felt you know they were both satisfied with that. And then um, they when the when the kids get a bit older or when things change, then it's about renegotiating. Because what tends to happen in New Zealand at the moment is that people are they young people especially are really keen to to do things in an equitable way but when kids come along or if someone is working a lot more hours than the other one then you you know you switch things up at home and so the person at home is doing more but even when the kids grow up things don't go back the same way it's like we're in the we get into these entrenched patterns and so that's why it's important to sort of have the regular check-ins um, and to be able to switch things up. And the, the last lesson, which kind of relates to that, is to value unpaid labour. And, you know, often um, we undervalue the housework when we think about what's important. It's easy because, you know, we need money. It's easy to, to really prioritise um, and to think about the value of the work we do outside. But um, undervaluing housework, we know from other research, diminishes the quality of relationships. So what was really important um, is that people made a conscious decision to revalue unpaid labour. They talked about um, making sure that they appreciate and acknowledge Knowledge, the um, work that their partner does, and they they also you know turned it into a game sometimes. For example, one of the couples uh, would write tasks on slips of paper, put them in a bag, and then put in a few th- extra things like <laughs> taking a walk or a coffee break, and yeah. then they just have turns at, at pulling them out from the bag, Alice, and that lightens the mood. Um, we're out of time. Great chats. Congratulations on this quite groundbreaking research and I hope that some of the lessons uh, that you've uh, discovered from it help couples around New Zealand. We'll get you back on some other time and chat some more, okay? Brilliant. Thanks, Jesse. Alice Bieben, who is an academic at Massey University, a labour sociologist uh, who co-authored Glenda Roberts looking at chores splitting among same-sex couples.